Hello, and welcome to Stokecast, the podcast of the Centre for Surf Research at San Diego State University and the International Association of Surfing Academics. Today, surfing is therapy. Surfing is being used and prescribed by military hospitals in San Diego for veterans of combat with post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as more visible wounds of war, as a legitimate form of therapy. Surfing provides an element of restoration and transformation for the people who participate in it. We tend to describe this with the term stoke, and that encapsulates a whole lot of transformation that happens in the minds and bodies and well-being of people who participate in surfing. But what is that about? And how is it that that is effective in special populations like combat veterans? Today we talk with Nico Marcolongo, who spent 14 years in the US Marine Corps and served two tours of duty in Iraq. One of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of talking to and deeply passionate about helping veterans reintegrate back into civilian society. Which parts of surfing are responsible for this transformation and change? How much of that is wrapped up in the activity itself? How much in the surroundings? And what are the possibilities for removing surfing from a natural environment into, say, a wave pool or surf park environment? And can it still provide therapeutic qualities for people when it's removed from that natural environment? I'm Nico Marcolongo. I'm the program manager for the Challenge Athletes Foundation Operation Rebound Program for Injured Veterans and First Responders and co-founder of the weekly Naval Medical Center San Diego Surf Clinic here in San Diego. Excellent, thank you. Give me a little background on the idea, where it came from. Is it something you'd seen before? Is it something that you uh, developed initially? How did it kind of come into play? So what had happened is I was contacted by the exercise physiologist at the Naval Medical Center, Benny McAlevitz. This was eight years ago. And she had a a veteran who had lost his arm and his leg in Afghanistan who she wanted to get in the pool to swim again, and he was a bit reluctant. And she said, you know, he needs somebody to kind of push him, kind of a mentor. So I said, well, if he's missing one arm and one leg, I'm going to send somebody missing two arms and two legs. Melanie Ben, she lost her limbs to meningitis, and she's a Paralympic swimmer. So she went down there, jumped in the pool with Wally, and Wally's like, all right, she's missing two arms and two legs, I'm missing one arm. Okay, I'm going to try this at least. So he started swimming again. He really enjoyed it. And turned out he grew up in Hawaii. And he told Betty, you know, I, I used to surf. I'd like to get back into surfing again. So she called me and said, hey, the guy that we helped swim now wants to surf. I said, okay, well, let's link him up with Scott Tinley and the lifeguards, Del Mar. Thursday happened to be the day. He came out and he had a great time. Scott took him out in the waves. He started getting his sea legs again, so to speak. Great time surfing. Then he told another veteran and so on and so forth, and we developed this group, and eventually it became an official part of the rehabilitation at the Naval Hospital. Excellent. And my understanding is that the benefits have been accepted by the administration to the point that this is a, an activity that's covered by health insurance. Is, is, that, is it formalized to that Well, point? so it's formalized to the point where the Department of Defense, for their current patients... It's, it's part of the rehabilitation process. So think of it as a Department of Defense-sanctioned uh, clinic, just like any other appointment would be if they had to go to uh, a psychology appointment or rehabilitation for a knee or anything like that. It's part of their program there, yet it takes place in a public setting. 
and in this case, it's on a public beach. So it is very unique. As a matter of fact, it's the only one that we're aware of uh, in the United States or anywhere, for that matter, that's taking place uh, through the Department of Defense. I think it says a lot. I think it says a lot to the Department of Defense where they're looking at ways to really help the vets or the, the active duty, if you will, heal. And they're open to ideas, whether it's yoga or acupuncture or some of the other non-traditional methods of augmenting traditional medicine so these, these troops can heal. So it's, it's really unique. But, you know, if you look at some of the goals with these, with these troops, it's to get them well again, number one. And if they get out of the military, you want them to be able to integrate it back into society. And so what we're finding a lot of times is with veterans, there's a wall that'll go up. If you're not a fellow veteran, there's a reluctance to engage. Now here, we have a large group of veterans on a beach together, and it's as if they outnumber the civilians in that particular group, and so it's safer for them, they feel, to start engaging, so it's a good first step. And then they feel, okay, I'm, I'm out here, I'm outside the walls, the confines of the hospital, I'm in a public setting, I can survive in a public setting. I can be comfortable in a public setting. And then eventually, as they move on, whether they get out or stay in, they can integrate more easily. Thank you for the background. That's Absolutely. really interesting. That was an organic yeah, Very like organic. That. Very organic. Yeah. yeah. So you're eight years in now. Presumably a lot of people have been through the program. What have you observed and, and how are the participants impacted by their participation in the program? The biggest impacts, I think, oftentimes a lot of these, these troops that go through this program had never surfed before. And some are reluctant at first to come out. I don't surf. I don't do this. So oftentimes they'll come out, they'll just come to the beach and they'll observe. And just feeling the vibe, if you will, of the group, knowing it's a safe place, meeting all the volunteers who are there, the fellow veterans, going, you know what? I think I'm going to go for this. Why not? Why not try this? This looks like fun. One of my buddies is out there surfing, had a great time today. Then they get on the board, and everybody is so supportive. And then they're able to overcome an obstacle, whether it's a wave, whether it's fear of the water. And when they do that and they find, I can do this. I can do this. Maybe it's it's after two or three sessions that they can actually stand up on the board and they go, and sometimes it's one session. It's empowering for them. Because oftentimes when you have these injuries, regardless if they're psychological injuries, uh, physical wounds, what have you, you feel that you have no more control over who you are. A lot of the vets I'll meet, you know, when they were out there, the pinnacle of health, leading soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines in a battlefield someplace, and all of a sudden, in a millisecond, they lose their limbs, their eyesight, they're blinded, they have post-traumatic stress, and they're lying in a hospital bed, and they're thinking, what's next? Somebody's taking care of them. They can't even go to the bathroom on their own. So they're, they're at a really low point from a self-esteem point of view, and they're looking at themselves going, what do I do with my new body? And we let them know they're going to do all things they used to do and things they never dreamed of doing. And so getting them involved a lot of times with the surf clinic is the first physical activity they do post-injury. And one of the best examples I could think of is, is a bilateral above knee amputee, whom we had many of in the earlier years because at the time when the war was really going on, Afghanistan and Iraq, a lot of these injuries resulted in, in, in many amputations. And so for a bilateral above knee amputee who may be at a disadvantage walking on land, especially new ones trying to get used to their legs, when they're in the water, when they're surfing, they have an advantage. 
is they can pop up on the board, low center of gravity, and they can pick it up very quickly. And that's really exhilarating. And so they really take to it. You don't have to have limbs that have mobility in the water. So the ocean is a great equalizer for a lot of the injuries. You're out there, hey, you're all one. You know, you're basically in the same boat, so to speak. So what I have seen is it's a lot of times it's a first step towards empowering the individual to feel comfortable in their new skin, if you will, and then go out and do other things. It's, a lot of times it's a gateway for other sports. Case in point, Wally Fenene, who was our first amputee to do this, he, after surfing again, he felt confident in his body again. He, had, you know, he felt, okay, I can get out here and do sports again. Then he got his running leg, and then he started running. So things like that. Eric McIlvaney, his first activities that he did at the hospital post-injury was a surf clinic. I met him there. He did the Kona Ironman a couple of years ago. So things like that, it, it becomes a gateway, and then oftentimes it becomes a way of life for these vets as well. It really gives them a sense of confidence. And the good thing about it is when they're out there in the sea, it's a struggle to do it, and they overcome the struggle and they learn. So it's almost like they're struggling with themselves and discovering that they can overcome those challenges. And that broadens their, their abilities, broadens their confidence so they can go do other things. What do you think the critical factors are in the efficacy of the group and the therapy? And I wonder which parts of it are the act of riding a wave or the elements that are uniquely surfing mm-hmm. and which parts are being in the outside, meeting challenges that are rather more generic to experiences in nature. And, you know, I'm, I'm not invested in an answer one way right. or the other. I'm, I'm interested in what your reflections on that are. So the adrenaline rush one gets when on the board, I'm up, I'm, I'm riding on a wave, I'm gliding, if you will. Definitely, I mean, it's a big high for these troops. Now, surfing is in of itself an individual sport. I mean, I guess you could do some tandem surfing. <laughs> but in general, you're doing it on your own, the actual act of the surfing. But the social aspect is extremely important because you're with your team out there. You're talking, you're interacting, you're talking about the waves, you're discussing, okay, which wave should we take? Which way is this going to break? You have other people surfing out there, so you have to look out for them. So you're thinking outside yourself which is key. And that's what we try to get the vets to do. There can be a tendency, especially early when you're injured, like, oh man, so focused on the pain of the injury. What's going to happen to me? Where am I going to go in life? So if we can get the the troops to think outside themselves and start thinking more broadly, if you will, think of others, think of their team, that helps them start integrating, start healing. For example, I tell people, uh, like with the service dogs, you know, a lot of times those dogs will take care of you, but you have to take care of the dog too. And so sometimes that's the first time that they think outside themselves, their circle start to, starts to grow. Well, we found the surf clinic, the circle starts to grow. The circle of acceptance, the circle of trust starts to grow. And they're there with a very trusting group. And when your circle of trust starts to grow, if you will, and your wall comes down a little bit and you can trust showing some vulnerability, that actually makes you stronger. Because if everything is viewed as a threat, your cortisol levels are up, you're less healthy, right? You can't sleep as well, that type of thing. So by having an atmosphere of trust, developing that, 
being outdoors in nature where it's very calming, the healing, the healing power of the, uh, the ocean, seeing dolphin out there. It brings that tension down. And you're interacting with others who maybe you're not comfortable in crowds, but now here you are in the ocean, more comfortable. So I would say that particularly starting off with the group, is important. I wouldn't, I, I don't think it would have the efficacy that it has if you just said, here's a surfboard, go out there and surf, you know, watch this film and try it on your own and then let me know how it goes. Having the group, the team, if you will, because that's what, there's a lot of teamwork in the military and that's what they're used to, being part of a team and doing individual things that help the team as a whole. So knowing that the team is out there cheering them on and it's your mission to try and get up on that board and you do it, you've not only succeeded for yourself, but you succeeded for the team. And, it, and it's given uh, even more legitimacy, if you will, to the clinic. Because quite frankly, not everybody looks at the surf clinic as, hey, you know, that's a great, that's a great thing. You know, some people don't understand it. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we surfing? Why are we surfing out there on a beach on Thursday with these patients? Shouldn't they be at the hospital rehabilitating? Like, well, they are. So it's changing that mindset and it's showing how how strong this program is and how much of a healing aspect that being out in nature and surfing has. I'm wondering, let's say walking in a, in a wilderness setting mm-hmm. versus being in a surfing environment, mm-hmm. I get the sense that the surfing environment may be more challenging and therefore more efficacious because it is so dynamic. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a fair statement? I think that's fair. I think, obviously, with the ocean, it's constantly moving. So you're constantly adjusting to your environment, which means you're constantly focusing on those adjustments, whether it's uh, whether they're big adjustments or small. So you're feeling every wave. Now, when you're out in nature, you can stop. You can listen. But everything's pretty still. The ground isn't moving beneath you. Here, you really have to, hey, my board, if I'm just laying here, I'm still moving. I'm feeling the movement. I'm feeling the current. And also, I think being in the water itself, that's where we're from. We're from the water. I mean, the womb, we're in, we're in water. We're in, uh, you know, the first life came from the sea, right? So I think there's a a sense of comfort there, like going back to my roots, going back to my origin. That's comforting. That's safe, even though it can appear scary and dangerous at times, that comfort of the ocean, that healing aspect of the ocean really does a lot for those individuals. And when you're surfing, you're almost becoming one with that water. You are moving with the wave. You're becoming part of that wave. Once you get a lot better at it, you really become part of that wave. And I think that's where a lot of that healing comes in. It's, it's not so much conquering the wave, but it's becoming part of it, this natural force that is very uh, innate in us from the beginning. I think that has a lot to do with the healing aspects. It's awesome. I love the spiritual overtones there. No, that's, uh, that's really interesting. And it also leads neatly into the question about um, surf pools, which we uh-huh. had spoken about before. How well do you think this is likely to translate into an artificial surfing pool environment uh, given that what we've just been talking about is the kind of important aspect of the dynamism mm-hmm. of the surfing environment is kind of one side of that. Right. Another part is that the riding of a, a band of moving energy in itself 
um, on some hard-to-explain spiritual level appears to be important, and I think that can possibly be achieved in a surfing pool. But I, I wonder what your thoughts are on how that might translate into that environment, what you might gain, what you might lose. You know, and I don't know what the future is going to hold for these pools, but I think they're going to be good from a, I guess, democratizing surfing, if you will, bringing it to other places around the country, introducing it to people, people who have only dreamed about going to the beach but didn't have the resources to get there. Now they can experience surfing. Uh, they may get a little um, spoiled, if you will, because if they ever did get to a real beach, they might, hey, the waves aren't like the ones that the, I have to be patient. I have to. And so I think part of, part of the healing process with the vets, it's not just the surfing itself catching the wave, but it's the process of catching that wave and the work that goes into it. There's a lot of focus involved. There's a lot of endurance or patience that one must have to ultimately get that. And if it's too easy to get that prize, it loses some of its value. Flip side of that, though, I think a lot of these veterans, let's say you go to our surf clinic and they move back to where it is in the middle of the country, and they have this opportunity to surf, and they have this opportunity to use this new skill and go and do this. They can be an example for others and say, wow, that, that gentleman over there with no legs is out there surfing. Maybe I can try that too. And that's very empowering as well. They become an example. They can get their fellow veterans, say, at a VA clinic who'd never been to a beach, maybe out there. So there could potentially be some leadership opportunities to bring them out just to get them out there. And again, are they going to get as much out of it as a real ocean? Maybe not as much, but are they still going to come together, camaraderie? Is there going to be an opportunity to go behind the waves, if you will, and sit and float a little bit and feel the movement of the ocean? Maybe, you know, and if they, they do that, could they adjust the waves? Hey, we're going to start off with a smaller wave and then we're going to work our way up. And that's the challenge to, to take on the bigger waves. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think it would have pretty close to the same effect, if you will, as if you were out there riding the same waves. But it really gets back to what is your reason for being there? Is it to be there to experience more so the healing or is it go, hey, I just want to surf. I just want to, I just want to get my time in on the treadmill and go or I want to enjoy this entire experience. I guess you liken it to if you're going to the pool as opposed to the ocean. You know, I'd prefer the ocean. I like the uh, salt water. I like the waves. I like swimming or any potential scene wildlife out there it's all part of it but there's still value in going to the pool and swimming and socializing and those types of things so will it be the same no and i i don't think anybody wants to be exactly the same i think you still want to have kind of that that desire to try what's most authentic and i think if anything it's going to give more respect to those surfers and the actual surfing in real life because it does take patience and focus and skill to pick out those waves and know how they're breaking and which way they should go and, and that type of thing. Whereas I can see on a wave machine, okay, you get your turn next, you get your turn, it'll be more regimented. I'm just trying to tease apart what these, yeah, yeah. these elements are. And it seems, and I think you, you nailed a couple of them there, that the, the idea of the, 
the camaraderie mm -hmm. I think is entirely replicable in that you could get a group mm -hmm. and uh, the surf pool that I've been to the I guess currently one of the better ones was in South Wales and it has okay. three different levels of waves okay so the main advanced wave runs down the middle off either side of a central pier and then there's when it all breaks at once and there's a whitewash heading towards the shores. That's the beginner wave. Okay. That's on either gotcha. end. And they take groups of eight at a time. Yeah. And then there's an intermediate wave as well in the middle. So the, it's set up so there's a progression from the beginner to the intermediate to right. um, the, uh, the main advanced wave. And those can be – people can book together so they're surfing mm -hmm. together. And I could see that part being replicable. So between the – the camaraderie and the idea of increasing challenge, I think those things could be there. But again, to your point, there's the how significant is the nature component of that. Right. Do you get a sense for that across all of the people that you've worked with? I, I get the sense mm -hmm. from you that that's really important, and I know it is for me personally speaking I do. as well. I think, and again, I guess these wave pools can be salt water, but the ocean has its own rhythm to be in tune with that rhythm, and that rhythm is gonna change at times. It's gonna change with the seasons, it's gonna change with the moon. So every time you go out, it's never exactly the same. So each time you go out, you must focus. I think with a wave machine, it's gonna be very predictable. And when things are very predictable, you don't have to put as much skill, time, and effort into focusing on it. And I don't think you get as much out of it. It's almost too easy, if you will. Whereas with the ocean, you have to respect the ocean. You never know what's going to happen in the ocean. And I think overcoming those challenges strengthens you and adds to the healing component. I guess if you did an experiment where you had two veterans who'd never surfed before, and you had one go through the wave machine, and that's how they did the rehabilitation, and one came to the surf clinic. I would venture to say that the one who went to the actual real surf clinic with the real ocean would probably get more out of it from a healing aspect than one who just went through the wave machine. I think they'd both have efficacy. I think if we're really looking at it just from a healing perspective, not just from a learn to surf, but from a healing aspect, what is it that really helps the healing? Is the actual act of surfing or is the challenge building up to that and then the reward of catching that wave. Yeah, I, I think that would be really interesting to look at because, like you said, that learning curve is still there. You're right. still starting from scratch. But uh, it's removing a lot of those complicating factors and, in essence, compressing the learning curve. Right. It's like, I want it and I want it now. Okay? Well, with the wave machine, you can get it, you can get it now. And over and over again, you can keep getting it. With the ocean, you must be patient and respectful. And I can tell you from my own, my own experience, coming back with post-traumatic stress and the depression and anxiety, I want to heal now, by God. I don't want to go through this torment. And I liken it to what would help me, reading books like uh, Achilles in Vietnam, where Achilles ties himself to the mast when they're going back, and he tells his troops... No matter what I say, don't listen to me. Put wax in your ears and keep. And the sirens were speaking to him. And he was going nuts and like untie me. He had to face that fear. He had to face that anguish to get to the other side to be stronger. So when you are out there floating, 
it's giving you time to process what you've been through in a healing environment. So you're processing it. And while you're processing it, you're actually healing, even though it may be painful. You're in that environment in which you're healing. And I think that's where a lot of the benefit comes from, not just the surfing itself. So that would be something that you'd want to replicate to the best of your ability in a surf pool if we're looking at it from a healing vice strictly learn to surf Hmm. aspect gosh that's really interesting i mean it's part of the surfing experience that seems to be most efficacious not necessarily the part where you're actually riding the ribbon of energy itself As, as you've put it that's kind of the payoff at the end and maybe the thing that keeps you dealing with all of this dynamic situation but the difficulty of that that makes you slow down a bit have to learn and in in your words respect the environment that you're in a little bit is maybe where um, that healing is being allowed to take place absolutely if during the course of your rehabilitation we'll see we see this a lot in the physical rehabilitation oh my gosh you know my physical trainer is just brutal on me you know making me do this i'm missing my limbs and making me do x y and z but they come out of it stronger people and it it's more than their ability just to walk better have a better gait when they're walking but also when they're faced with adversity that maybe challenges them based on their injury, they can go back to the time, that the hours, the arduous hours that they put in, all those challenges that they had overcome, and face that new challenge with that, with that institutional knowledge, if you will, with that from which they learned through their, through their therapy to face that new challenge and hopefully not revert back, like, oh, I can't do this, you know, it hurts too much, but push through. So particularly with a psychological injury, pushing through, doing the work makes you stronger. For the next time, if you face some stressful situation, you have those coping skills, if you will, to get through that. Okay. And, and does that take the form of I've faced challenges that seemed insurmountable before and by sticking with them I was able to achieve a goal or go beyond it is that the kind of absolutely and I think with the surfing for example in the ocean it's not wave after wave some days are waves are like that right and you're like wow this is a great day most days though you're out there on the water you're interacting with your buddies next to you a lot of conversation maybe reflecting on on your life and where you've been um and you're really focusing, when is that next wave going to come? How am I going to take this on? Having the patience to sit out in the water for an hour or two without catching one wave, you're developing that resilience, right? It's not, well, nothing's happened, I'm out of here, so I can't handle this. You know, <laughs> you learn to calm yourself down. You know, if, you, if you've had a lot of anxiety, for example, if you're constantly catching that wave, you're constantly getting that adrenaline rush, it may not do a lot for your anxiety. It may just be masking it, if you will. That, that makes real intuitive sense to me. I mean, is that something that you've observed? Is it something that you have expertise in or that people who are kind of working like yourself, I guess, with people in recovery yeah. and having been through it yourself have I noticed? Think, I think a lot of it, it's just observation, yeah. you know, and, and with myself too. Uh, just being out in the water, swimming, swimming along with the troops, swimming back and forth between one group and another and seeing a dolphin pop up, anticipating there's a big wave coming, going under the wave, anticipating, oh, that's a big wave, I better dive a little deeper so I don't get tumbled. If I do get tumbled, not fighting it, going with it, that's another thing where 
you realize, especially with these injuries, don't fight against the injury. Work with it. You're going to have bad days, you're going to have good days. And that's kind of metaphorical. When you're caught in that wave and you're spinning around, if you fight against it, that's, that's detrimental. If you just kind of go with it and you pop up, you relax, calm. In the water, the calmer you are, as you probably know, the better off you're going to be. I went to marine combatant dive school, for example. So there's differences. You know, in some instruction, like when I first went to officer candidate school, it's, you know, increase that step. How do you work under that type of stress, things, yell at people yelling at you? Can you think through all that stuff? At combatant dive school, all of the instructors were very calm and, and basically reinforcing that message. If you're not calm underwater, you're going to die. <laughs> so... Reinforcing that concept when you're underwater, you go through things calmly. Even in what may appear to be a very tense situation, the calmer you are, the better off you're going to be. You can get through this. It helps them with their recovery. I hadn't thought of that before, but that is, yeah, I mean, absolutely true. And that's probably something you wouldn't get from a wave machine. Right. You know, there's no cleanup sets. You know, it's just because you might take that wave in, boom, you fall. That next wave's not going to come in right at, again and pound you. And you're in waist deep water when you fall anyway. Right. So this is unpre- – the unpredictability, I think, is really what helps with the healing because you constantly have to think about that. And you constantly find out, I can overcome the unpredictability of the ocean, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I don't fight against it. As long as you're not put in a very dangerous situation, obviously, you know. <laughs> but, but, I mean, a, a lot of – Becoming safe in the surf zone, particularly, I think, when you're at the upper limits of your uh, comfort zone, mm-hmm. is resisting panic. Right, exactly. And so, a lot of these injuries, you know, a lot of these true, it's not just the physical, but really the psychological, post traumatic stress, the depression, they are nervous system injuries, right? So, the calmer you can be, the more your body's going to heal. If they went to a wave machine and they just popped up, oh, I can overcome my physical injury. But it's really that psychological aspect, overcoming trust issues, being out with a group. I'm subconscious about missing my arm. Well, now these guys are out there surfing and everybody sees them and it's safe. It's okay. That wall can come down a little bit. So that's where the true healing is when it comes to surfing. This has been an episode of Stokecast brought to you by the Center for Surf Research at San Diego State University and the International Association of Surfing Academics. Thank you for listening. Today's episode was edited by Ross Nelson of Brown Hound Media. Please like, follow and engage with the Centre for Surf Research on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and sign up for the Centre for Surf Research newsletter. Also remember to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you again for listening.